You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances for my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team, assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. Hello and welcome back once again to the three boot of the 43 feet podcast. I am your host, Dark Helmet, president of F3 Nation, and I am joined this week by some of my favorite people. I'll just go ahead and say that right out loud. I'm not saying they're all of my favorite people. I have other favorite people as well, but these are these are certainly three in the top three of <laughs> in the, in the top, I don't know. Anyway, at least the three uh, that would show up today, right? That, <laughs> that makes you my favorite for today. <laughs> uh, my three for the three boot. That's right, baby. Well, at four, because I'm four or maybe no, I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> But that, that first voice you heard there was uh, Mike Sluhan, uh, 42, a little, little more. 46, 40, baby. 46. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like grandpa out here. That's right. 46. He is the head of expansion, taking over for Bing here in F3 Nation. He's out of St. Louis, and his F3 name is Beans. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Doe. And, uh, yeah, taking over for Bing. Like I said, last time was the first time, and uh, I uh, – didn't get a chance to then, but just want to take a moment now to to thank Bing for everything that he's done to help me with this transition. As we all know, he's got extremely large feet, and so his shoes are definitely hard to fill. Um, but I just appreciate everything he's done to help me get to this point, and uh, I'm glad he's not going anywhere. Wow. Uh, so many, many things that could be reported on uh, in what you just said there. But suffice it to say, thanks, Bing, for all you did and or didn't do. Uh also joining us on the podcast today, the head of technology for F3 Nation, Chris Gambino, 41, out of the Jax region. His name is Bada Bing. Bada Bing. Hey, uh, I didn't realize I just I had turned 41, but uh, still 40. Oh, still, still 40. 40. Dang it. Uh, you know, yeah. I keep guessing. Yep. Still 40. <laughs> so, but closer-ish. Uh, I guess that means I look a little bit more old, older and distinguished. Look, I didn't want to say anything about the gray in your beard, Biggin, but... Uh, uh, you know, yeah. you know. Uh, also joining us is the shaker of all the weasels uh, here in F3 Nation, Eric Nowak. He's 41. Two. Dang it. No, he's 41. I don't I'm know. 40, no, I'm 42. Yeah, 42. You made me doubt. Anyway, he's up there in Tacoma, Washington, uh, Mr. Gobbler. How are things up there? It looks like it's actually sunny, which is nice. Uh, it, it is. It is the 3rd of October, and it is 80 degrees again today. Um, I'm not sure what to do with this weather, but uh, we're enjoying it while we got it. And, yeah, it's pretty nice up here, pretty nice weekend. And, um, you know, what can I say? I'm just uh, just moving along, doing what I can. I'm the way to buy a kettlebell. Uh, yes, a very large kettlebell, as you uh, told us. Six, 62 pounds, you said? 62 pounds, yes. Is that a, is that a full pood? What is that? Uh, actually, it's almost two food. A food oh. is 36 pounds. Is that what, okay, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I think he's just buying it so he can update his uh, Slack photo of him yes. up close, his yeah. selfie holding a kettlebell. That's right. He sets it on uh, a shelf, holds, <laughs> cuts that part out, that, holds it near his face. Is that my Slack funny. photo? Is that my Slack photo of me holding a 50-pound kettlebell? I, I think remember. it is. I think it is. But I say anytime you can upgrade a kettlebell at a good price, you should probably do it. Well, gentlemen, now... That's right. That's right. Well, here's the deal, fellers. Uh, we have got um, so, so much going on in the nation. And w- one of the things I, I want to kind of give a little bit of a report. I was in Katy, Texas this past weekend. Um, and, and I don't know exactly when this one will air, but, um, but suffice it to say, it was uh, the, the final weekend of 
uh, September, um, kind of actually, I guess, no, actually technically, I guess it was the first weekend of October, wasn't it? It was first and second uh, of October that I was in there, but, um, and uh, celebrating what they called <laughs> their, their five-year anniversary. Upon further reflection and listening to some of the things uh, spoken, I was like, wait a minute, you haven't been around for five years. But what was around five years ago, what was planted five years ago was the first workout in Katy, um, you know, as they were part of Houston still. So <clears throat> technically, I guess it's five years, although I think that's some interesting math. Um, speaking of interesting math, we went ahead and said that the official count of men uh, there in Katy that weekend was 357. It might be a little bit of an exaggeration just to get it over the 355 mark, which was the uh, the the record number that was at the 10 year. Um, but, uh, you know, everything's bigger in Texas. And so they just make up math, I think, is, is what happens. But um, so, yeah, uh, celebrating somewhere between two years and five years of Katy, <laughs> Texas, somewhere in that neighborhood um, is uh, I went down and there was a, I mean, just a, there were at least 320 or, or so, 330 uh, number of guys and, and then families came and sat in the stands. And I mean, it was, it was a well-organized, uh, event camo, the current Nantan of, uh, well, actually no longer the current Nantan of Katie handed off, uh, to his next man who was uh, Talladega, um, who, uh, why do you get that name? You might ask Bada Bing. That is because his actual given name is Ricky Mikey. Wow. Yeah. Two first names. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Ricky Mikey. And so he became Talladega. Um, and, uh, it's really funny. We made a lot of fun of that guy because he's a state farm agent and he has his face on the side of the truck, but it is a pre F3 photo and Holy moly. I'm like, no one is going to recognize you. <laughs> you are fat. <laughs> next, they need to wrap the truck in his was now photo next time. Right. Yeah. You, you put that. I told him, I said, man, you gotta, you gotta switch that out. You can't have a fat photo on there. It's embarrassing. I tell you, though, I guess if any region gets to exaggerate their numbers just a little bit, I guess it should be the region that got a New York Times article written about them. Oh, yeah. They, believe me, they're all riding real high on that foolishness <laughs> for sure. Um, and and as you say, well, well deserved and, and uh, certainly makes a lot of sense for them to do that. But it was very inspiring to go down. And if you happen to catch the uh, Facebook live or if you didn't catch it live, you can you can check it out now uh, and see the the run in. Uh, you know, as enter Sandman is playing behind them and they called out each AO uh, and in, you know, in succession and had the guys that, that typically post their run in. And, and as is the case in beans, you can attest to this, right? As is the case in, in St. Louis and, and certain other places, uh, they do it a little bit differently than we do say like in, in Fort Mill or Charlotte Metro or something like that. We have every workout is, is its own, uh, site, its own AO and has its own site queue slash AOQ, however you want to say it, the way that, that you guys do it and the way that Katie does it, as I understand it and uh, experienced it is, you know, each actual physical location is a site or an AO, it will have an AOQ and it may have workouts there five days a week, but it's its own. It's almost like a, uh, a region within a region. It's like a little mini region and, and the site queue, the AOQ kind of becomes like a, a, a co-nantan, like a, you know, a, 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 I don't know, vice nantan or something. Right. And they sort of run that site almost like it's its own tiny region within the region insofar as I was amazed, like some of these guys in Texas in Katy hadn't met guys from other AOs because they never really work out anywhere except in their, you know, at their location, at their, the one that's, you know, proximate to their home. And so it's, it's an interesting model that I think, you know, there's pros and cons. And I think we've talked about it a little bit before on here and, and we could obviously dive in another time, but um, it was super interesting to see kind of how these guys interacted, um, you know, within that, that sort of, mini region or, or, you know, I don't know what you would call it, concentric, uh, decentralized. I don't know what you would, how you would refer to that, that sort of model, but beans, what's been your experience with that? I mean, this isn't our topic for the day, but, uh, but I am interested since I was down there and kind of seeing some of this, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting experience here in St. Louis, watching the growth transpire from that model. Cause we do have, just like you described a separate AO that's almost like a mini region. It's it, 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 the purpose is to try to establish its own little SLT for that AO. 
where you have the site Q and a second F and a third F, and that leads to Q source breakouts. And it's really cool because that that site really takes ownership of that particular site. And there are a lot of guys that wind up calling that place home, but then there are still a lot of guys that travel from location, location, location. And it really gives those guys that travel a lot of opportunities because that particular AO might be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and another AO Tuesday, Thursday. So even if you miss Monday, you can still catch that AO on Wednesday or Friday and be able to travel and see a lot of guys at the same time. Um, and we went, as you know, uh, from you know two AOs after about a year's time to now our whole region, when you count the starfish, is over 80 different AOs, I believe, with all the different regions added together. Yeah. And that's not 80 different workouts. That's 80 different locations. 80 different that have- locations, right you know, anywhere between two and five workouts there a week. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Bananas. Bananas. That's, now, bada bing, that's not how they do it in, in Jack's, right? You guys do it more like kind of the, the old model. Yeah. So we started the old model, but I'm actually a fan of the Katy, Texas and St. Louis model. And I've always asked because F, I find it to be a little confusing to FNGs when they're like, well, the Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday workouts all at the same place. Why is it called three different names? You know, um, but, you know, it, in some respects, we still have our site cues and whether or not the workouts called three different names on three different days, it's still their site and they still function as sort of the, uh, you know, uh, functional owner of what, you know, occurs there and, and things like that. I mean, our uh, Poseidon AO to which you visited during the Kraken, uh, our site queue, Papa Smurf. Uh, he's uh, 64, I think. And he's got his own little silver sneakers crew out there that he's running. These guys are t- tough as nails, all respect and double respecters. But it's called Poseidon on Saturdays. It's called Pool Party on, you know, Fridays and, and other days. And so. Um, and, and a yeah, different guy of- will be in charge of the. The the workout. Well, yeah, uh, no, he's Papa Smurf's the site queue there, so we okay. kind of have a hybrid. It's kind of a hybrid. Yeah, he's still the site queue of that location, but the location may have different names for each day uh, that a workout's happening. So okay, um, but you still have kind of the the one guy in charge of a single location right. kind of model. That's right. Okay, that's interesting. All right, yeah, because yeah, ours it's like every single workout. Like the high school near my house has workouts Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that happen there, but they have their own name and each like Monday workout has its own queue, site queue. Wednesday workout has a different guy. Friday has a different guy. Yeah. I think we're kind of in transition mode and trying to move towards the St. Louis and Katy, Texas model of like, for instance, the day closest to my house is called hard knocks and it's called hard knocks every single day we work out there. Mondays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, it's all hard knocks. Interesting. Yeah, so, the other, well, go ahead, Beans. I was just going to say one of the other things that's interesting about that model is whenever you get to the point where an AO has grown in size, where you really need to kind of spin it off the decreasing return to fellowship, we might plant another AO that's not too far from that one and make it the same day's workout. And so now people that are a little closer to that one might start going to that one to thin out the numbers of the one that might be coming problematic. You're still going to have the guys that, you know, want to go there just because they love going to that AO, but it definitely helps with that spreading out of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gob, you, you were an early plant up there. I'm kind of Puget Sound grew early on. It was one of the earlier Seattle. I think it was, was one of the earlier plants. How, how are you guys doing it up there? Again, I say it's not our topic, but clearly we're walking down this road, <laughs> but, but it does relate to some other things I'm going to talk about in a minute, but go ahead. So, yeah, I don't make it up to Seattle much, uh, but I think they do the uh, one AO per geographic location, uh, from what I can tell on the Slack. I know down in Tacoma, we do that. I have uh, an AO on Tuesdays, Thursdays. It goes by the same name, same guys show up. Uh, Lahar, which is out west of here, they have, you know, three uh, three days, same name. Uh, and so I, I know that's what we've seen up here. That's what I saw in Pittsburgh. And we had multiple days at the same location. It went by the same name, same site queue. So um, that's what I've, yeah. the interesting thing is I've, as I have worked with various regions off and on, um, we've talked about the pros and cons of, of both options. Uh, and I think that I, I like Bada Bing, you know, gravitate 
towards the single location, one name. But as you're trying to get people engaged and involved and you're trying to give people leadership opportunities, I would tell guys, you know, use whatever model gets guys into leadership positions and go with it. You know, ride the zebra. Don't wait on a horse. <laughs> I was joking with Dredd over the weekend. I was like, look, man, I don't care if it's an ostrich running backwards coming out of the barn. I'm just going to ride it. Like if it's going in the right direction, I'm just going to ride it. Doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, so with all that and, and looking at these, the ways that these different things get done and, and, and so on, um, you know, one of the things that, so as I was in Katie this, this past weekend, uh, a couple things uh, that took place. And one was, was the fact that, look, here we are with 300 and something men they're talking about. And I had lunch on Friday with guys who are with the incoming Nantan of Katie, but also these four other regions, uh, three other regions, I guess it's four. It'll be four total, I think. Um, and I might be messing that up. I'm sure someone will correct me. They'll, they'll feel free. Um, but uh, these other regions that are spinning out uh, from Katie uh, and, you know, the, some that already have kind of spun out and, and are growing and are going to become kind of their own region here soon. Uh, I'm sure they'll count that math as they've been around for eight years somehow, but um, <laughs> pretty soon, like guys are gonna be like, well, we've been here 15 years. Oh, really? Cause F3 is only 11 years old. So uh, that's interesting, but you know, Katie, Katie math might be different than everyone else's, but these other regions that are spinning out and, and, you know, we start looking at all the different things that are happening. And the way that this is growing and the way that it is going crazy, we, you know, the, the New York Times article and, and uh, we're getting ready to be on some pretty big national podcasts. And last week I got bumped for hurricane coverage, but, you know, it was going to be uh, on some, you know, a national cable channel talking about F3 and, um, you know, we've got people working to try and, and help us to, to land some of that kind of stuff. And those are all good things and, and they will accelerate our growth and speaking of accelerating, then, you know, we kind of look and go, well, we, we've got some opportunity here. And, and one of the things that I, I wish it wasn't this way, because um, I wish that somehow money just grew on trees or fell out of the sky or whatever it might be. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, about this Accelerate campaign that we've got coming up, which is an opportunity you know, through the foundation to, uh, to further the mission uh, of F3 through the generosity of the F3 men. Right. And, and yeah, I thank you, Neil. I, you almost nailed their mission there. Do you like that? Uh, the F3 I, foundation. I kind of, I kind of, uh, I might have it right go. in front of me. No, I don't, but, um, but that, but that's pretty much, you know, kind of the way that scratch talks about it. And, and, and I wanted to share a little experience because this, it really started pointing it up for me, uh, you know, even, even more making it even more personal, um, you know, as, as we do uh, what we do. And so I went down and a buddy of mine who I've known for, uh, gosh, probably going on 20 years or so now. Um, and bless his heart. I love that guy, but he's the saddest of sad clowns and kind of always has been. And he's just, he's never, I don't know. He's not totally like a fail to start kind of guy, but he has always struggled. And a lot of it has to do with his upbringing. And, you know, it's like, I always joke and say, yes, it's your dad's fault. And now it's your responsibility. Well, he's gotten to the dad's fault part, right? He's figured that part out, but he hasn't quite gotten to the, it's your responsibility part. And some of that's just tough, you know, when you're, when you're drowning in, in life, you know, it's tough to, to come around to that. Anyway, so he's bounced around. Uh, I met him when we lived, when my wife and I lived in Georgia for just a little bit, um, down this little bit south of Atlanta. Uh, I met him there and we became good friends. And then he moved to Texas somewhere. Then he was back in Georgia. And I haven't really kept, I mean, we, we talked on the phone every few years or so, um, but I haven't really kept good track of him. He saw the New York Times article. And saw me mention that I was going to be down in Katy and said, oh, no, I take that back. I hadn't even mentioned it at that point. He just saw the New York Times article and was like, holy cow. So when are you going to come visit Houston? This is what he, he texts to me on Friday, like when I'm sitting in Houston, you know, <laughs> and I was like, wow. well, brother, uh, I'm here right now. And he was like, and I said, and so what you need to do is you need to get yourself to this workout in the morning. Well, you know, he's, he's probably conservatively, he's a hundred pounds overweight. Right. And so get him to a workout is going to be a, a, a tall ask. And, uh, and so that wasn't necessarily in the cards, but on, on uh, Saturday, you know, he did catch up with me again and said, Hey, you know, what are the chances we could grab lunch? 
And I'm sitting here and we were supposed to, we had a pretty tight schedule. Scratch and I were supposed to be going to a couple different places and you know, trying to catch the what's going on in Camp Hope down there. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but um, in PAX, if you're not familiar, this is a, a residential facility for veterans um, who are dealing with PTSD and addiction and things like that. I want to say it's like uh, 180 days or something that they'll let guys stay there for free uh, and, and overcome what they're going on. And, and it was a, a buddy of mine here in Fort Mill works with them, was on the PTSD foundation of America board uh, with some of these guys and kind of turned us over and said, Hey, you know, this, this thing exists. And we connected the Houston guys to them and they do these workouts now and, and they've applied for a foundation grant, which will be something we can talk about. Um, but uh, they've, they've got a lot of good going on there. And, and one of the, the hopes is that we get guys a working out. Cause we know F3 works and it helps men regardless, but also once these guys leave, that facility and go back to wherever it is that they actually live or lived or want to live, that then they can find a shovel flag near them. Right. So they've got kind of a built-in network of new friends who want good things for them. And they try you know, and hopefully it provides them the opportunity to not fall back into uh, what they were. So we were going to stop by there and we had just a very full schedule of trying to get things done since we were down there. Well, this buddy of mine says, Hey, can we grab lunch? And so I said to scratch, I said, look, I uh, know we're kind of cramming it in here, but we got to eat eventually. So do you think we could grab lunch with this buddy of mine? And I wasn't real optimistic. Cause I thought, well, you know, it'll be fine whatever. Anyway, we get there and it was him and his wife and we start talking, we start going through some things. And, and, uh, I'll just tell you guys here on the, you know, on the podcast, like it became obvious that in my mind, anyway, that one of the reasons I was there for uh, was to talk to this buddy of mine. We'll call him, uh, we'll call him Brett. Um, mostly cause that's his name. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, we, you know, so I met Brett and I was like, it became obvious that it was that he was part of the reason I was there and was able to share some things with him and connect him to the guys down where he lives right there around Houston. Cause he lives in Houston now. And I didn't know that going in. Um, he just happened to see this article happen to text me, all that kind of stuff. And I started thinking about it and I said, you know something. And I was able to look Brett in the face and tell him exactly what I thought was wrong with his life. Um, and that I, that I believed that he was built for more. Uh, and that I was tired of watching him uh, essentially just halfway it. And I thought that he was capable of more. And then I thought it was time for him to take control of his life instead of just reacting to life. And, and it was huge. I mean, there were tears and, and the whole bit, right? And, um, and I think that as I sat and thought about the foundation, and I know this is a really long story and I apologize, but as I sat and thought about the foundation and Accelerate and all these kinds of things that, that we you know, involve ourselves in, man, to, to have the means and the ability to travel to a place and essentially, look... I know we're not a, a, a religious group, right? My faith is such that I believe that there's very few accidents in the world. And I believe that, you know, the, the full power of the presidency, if you will, right? I was sent and well, I had all these meetings and all that's wonderful. And, you know, and I got a little, you know, said a little something at the end of the, the workout for the Katie guys. And it was, you know, supercharged. And we're all, you know, super amped and ready to go. And all that's wonderful. But I was there for the one. I was there for that one guy. Uh, and it happened to be my buddy, um, Brett. And I think that that, you know, as I think about that, that's part of what, what we're trying to get done is to get leadership and to get men and to continue to spread. And we're looking at a, you know, a lot of international expansion, all this kind of stuff. And so I want to see what you guys thought about a uh, kind of that pursuing of the one and how that ties into the goals that we have and the things that we're trying to do financially so that we can provide the opportunities for that. Um, because I, you know, had I not been in Houston this weekend, had I not had the the ability or the means to do that through the generosity of PACs uh, that make it possible for me to travel, because look, we do okay, but I can't afford to do it all myself. You know, I can't afford to pay for everything that 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 comes, and so it's the generosity of the nation that makes it possible for me to to go and do some of these things, and it's and I don't take that for granted. Um, but uh, but I'm curious as to kind of what your thoughts are and. and uh, about, you know, maybe why you're looking at, uh, as accelerate come that comes around, why you're looking at maybe given and, and things like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I appreciate you sharing that story. I mean, it, it is all ultimately about this, uh, one-to-one relationship between men, right. And then, and inviting guys out and putting the EH on, I bet it obviously worked, uh, very well having his wife there as 
you know, to uh, oh, see another was, man. Yeah, she was <laughs> punching the crap out of him. Scratch and I are sharing these stories, and she was like, "See, this is what I've been saying." <laughs> right, right. But sometimes, you know, you got to hear it from another man straight up. Uh, but to your point about the uh, F three Foundation and the what we're dip calling in twenty twenty two the Accelerate campaign, formerly Give to Give. Um, I like I like the Accelerate name a little better, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this new logo. Scratch and win has up his sleeve. But um, with that said, I mean, there is so much good going on in the nation in every region where guys are living third, they're giving back, uh, they're making an impact in their community, uh, as Heisenberg would encourage us to do, uh, and getting involved. Um, in fact, the last grant cycle, I believe the foundation awarded over $31,000 to different projects in uh, uh, maybe 15 different regions or, or something like that. And that new grant cycle, I think, is still open, I believe, maybe by the time this uh, podcast airs, it may be nearing close, closure. But, um, you know, get your, uh, uh, you know, get in there if you can still. But it's just there's such an impact that can be made through your giving around the nation. Um in all these corners of the U.S., right, and helping a homeless shelter, helping, you know, guys who are recovering from addiction. And then I love what you said, the fact that when these guys recovering from addiction or are going to this Hope, uh, Camp Hope, get out, they now have a new family, a new support system, not the old one that got them into trouble, that got them down that path, but a new support system of men that are going to keep them on the right track. And that's what uh, I mean, you can't put a price on changing lives, right? I mean, change lives is what it's all about. That's what F3 is all about. Uh, it's all about the G3L, get right, live right, leave right, leave right. And so this is the uh, crux of that. So that's why I think it's so powerful. Yeah, just to kind of tie on to that, I uh, when I was listening to your story, though, uh, just what was flowing through my mind was, um hearing your story about brett it's it's not an uncommon story um and when you tell a story i can i can relate i can understand what you're going through i can understand the conversations you're having but that emotional connection isn't quite there because it's your brett it's your story um yet at the same time if i pause and i sit and i think there is a brett in my life that fits that same description and i guarantee of all of us F3 men out there, if we if we just took a moment to pause, we can think of a Brett that's in our lives. And now you do have that emotional connection to actually want to personally help that individual. And if someone just asked you, hey, if you had the wherewithal and you had the ability to, how much would you pay if all of a sudden you could you could pay that amount and Brett's life would be changed tomorrow? I guarantee people would be writing checks all over the place for their Brett. And um, I think that's what people need to be thinking about is who is their Brett whenever they make that decision to give to this campaign, who is their Brett out there and then do it for that person. You know, I, it, it, it brings up a lot of things. And I think partly um, one of the things it brings up is this idea of identity and who we see ourselves to be. So you can see yourself to be um, a man who just shows up at your local local region and you everything you do goes in the region there's nothing wrong with that when we look at the accelerate campaign and we look at you know what you're going to do with your surplus and where you're going to give it this speaks to the type of man you want to be do you want to be someone who who only takes care of what you can see in front of you where you can keep your hands on it and you can control it or are you willing to give up control and to uh, send it someplace that it might end up somewhere else. And so um, part of the idea of Accelerate is this investment in the fact that this money is going to regions that don't have sometimes very big resources. Maybe it's a small group of packs and they can't get the money together to do something they want because they just started. Um, but at the same time, I am struck by uh, something that happened yesterday and it is, it has stuck in my mind and I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with it. But I was having a conversation at church yesterday and it was around this idea. Well, what we're doing is we're trying to get together 
uh, a men's connection event at church. And of course, I'm like, hey, I'll do a workout on Thursday night. Surprise. Where, where do you think I got that idea from? So I'm talking about it and we're talking about how to get it on the calendar. And the lady that I was talking to was like, well, we got this process now. And, and I was like, hey, hey, you're talking to somebody who understands process. I mean, whatever, you're growing. You got it. But she she said a phrase that I can't shake. And she says, you know, everyone is doing or doing what they're supposed to do, but men just go rogue. And she's, and of course we all know, like in some sense, we all know exactly what she's talking about. And she meant nothing negative by it, in my opinion, but at the same time, um, she did, she did mean something negative by it in the sense that she can't get the men to do what they're just supposed to do. If they would just do what they're supposed to do, everything would be okay. Okay. Just follow the rules. Exactly. Just follow the rules. Now, this day before I was at a market with my wife and all these people were standing around staring at a bunch of cones and they were like, can I move the cone and park my vehicle here? The cone has no power. If you want to park there, park there. Right. And it's this idea that, um, and if they tell you, they tell you, well, yeah, they're just going to ask you vehicle. I mean, so there were cones. Exactly, they're cones. The cones were put there. There wasn't even a sign on them. I mean, for crying out loud, they were just stuck there. Now, we found out why the cones were there later. Got it. But, um, and it was for a good reason. But the, you are so afraid of a cone. Do I have permission to park here? You know, and it's just like, is we as men, one of the things we struggle around is we're constantly being told, fit into this box. You have to do it this way. You have to be this square, this round, whatever. And what F3 does for you is we say we don't care. And so when you come to the Accelerate campaign, the, you know, the challenge that I would, I would present to you is, you know, what about the other man that hasn't received that message? What about the other man that hasn't had the ability to live into that? You know, Just are you looker? Are, are you willing to? Are you willing to invest in that man that hasn't that hasn't shown up yet? Okay. And if you're one of those guys that asks to know where all the money goes, hey, I've got a Twitter handle, I've got a Slack DM. Let me know. I'll sit down and I would love to go over the budget with you as I understand. Yeah, I would say we can we can pour through the annual report as deeply as you would like. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's fine. But at the same time, understand that, yes, we are. there is a certain amount of giving up control that this is part of in your life. Uh, but don't – what I'm asking you to do is think about, you know, what about the other guy? What about the guy that hasn't yeah. had the – what about yeah. the that don't have the 357 people showing up? What about the right. regions that – they have 10 people showing up for three years, and they just keep plugging along, waiting for that day that they're going to explode. And yeah. maybe they need a little investment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, no question. No question about it. And, and, and you, know, you bring up an interesting uh, thought that, that I was going to kind of get to as well. And, you know, it's, it's good that we, we say, okay, yes, we, we have, you know, we're giving because we were going to expand F3 or we're giving because we've got these amazing grants like beans. You guys gave how much to uh, what's it called? Covering house. Covering house, yeah, it was uh, over a hundred thousand dollars this past year. Right, I mean, over a hundred thousand dollars you guys raised, and it went through the foundation and was given to the covering house to help stop sex trafficking. Which I don't know how everyone feels about that sort of thing, but I'm pretty against it. Uh, I'm pretty against it. Uh, so yeah, right. And so you know, we've got this. Uh, this great opportunity that, you know, where we can, we can give and, and we can make great impact. And there's all kinds of grants that are being written. And, you know, there's just dozens of advantages to, to why a man might give to the foundation in terms of, as Gobbler was saying, kind of that, that give it away and think of yourself uh, last kind of, kind of thing. But I, I'm going to submit something out there and I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about it. And, and that is this, in order for you to be a high impact man, to truly be a, a guy who really is thinking third and, and living that way. I don't know if you can actually be uh, truly high impact, at least to the degree that it's possible, unless you have a code, a discipline, if you will, uh, in your life around generosity. 
Now for us, for me, uh, you know, it, it kind of is just sort of baked in there because I, I was raised that way to a degree. Uh, it's certainly it's a tenet of my faith. Um, you know, we do things like, uh, and anybody who, who is uh, familiar with the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and some of our theology and practices knows that, you know, every month we fast, uh, we skip two meals and we take the money that we would have spent on those meals and we donate it to our local congregation so that we can do things like, you know, pay power bills or, or mortgages or rent or something for, for folks that, you know, are falling on tough times. Right. And that's just always been a part of, you know, my life. Uh, and certainly once I came to faith anyway, uh, and my wife and I, we've always talked about that. We've always thought about how can we be more generous, you know, than, um, th- than we are, you know, like we don't just go, well, uh, you know, if we ate ramen for those two meals, you know, that's 38 cents a package and there's four, you know, like, oh, we can give $8 and be, you know, like we look and go, you know, if we went to a really nice restaurant, you know, and spent that money, what would that look like? And try and try and give, you know, accordingly, but but we, we do that because of what it creates in us as much as it is to help this other person, right? The, the, the mindset and the heart that it creates in us, I think, is almost as important, if not more important, than the actual physical stuff that it pays for. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I just think it starts with uh, really looking at how blessed we really are. Uh, as a society, as men, uh, and the abilities and being humbled by the abilities that God has given you uh, and the, you know, situations that we've been put in. And certainly we've all had our ups and downs where we're, you know, making more money or making less money or whatever. But at the end of the day, if you just remind yourself of all the times that you've made it through uh, with either the help of, of, of a sky cue or the help of another fellow man or friend, family member. Uh, It's humbling. And I like to think of it as, you know, in, in, with my couple, with my faith that I'm just a God's money manager here. Right. And in, in less of it is about me, what am I giving to show that I did something or I gave something to someone, but more about, Hey, it doesn't have to be, on the radar, it could be under the radar. And it's me more so returning it back to the Lord for whatever he wants to do with it in that person's life or in, you know, this foundation. And at the end of the day, even when it comes to like seeing a homeless guy on the side of the road, I know, you know, there's lots of swindlers out there and people addicted and this and that, but at the same time, sometimes, you know, that I don't have any in there right now in my car, but I used to keep like five bucks and ones in my car so that I didn't have to worry or think about whether or not I was giving to this person on the side of the road uh, for the wrong reasons or what they're going to do with it. Who cares? I don't, I don't pick, I don't choose who, you know, I don't get to judge right. all that. Right. And, and so I just try to look at it like, you know, uh, God loves a cheerful giver. I've been blessed. And the, the reality is that we're not just consumers of this organization, <laughs> you know, as, as uh, slaughter put it, but that we need to be contributing, right? And that's contributing to local organizations. That's contributing to national organizations like the F3 Foundation, in my opinion. Well, um, being a guy who's in finance, um, I would definitely love the opportunity to be God's money manager. No doubt about it whatsoever. I hear he does pretty well. (laughs) But uh, to tie to your question, though, I think um, it, I don't think it's possible to be a him without this component. And when when I think about this, you know, it's something we've all heard of, but it's kind of my default in in the whole time, talent, treasure concept, because everybody has the capacity to do at least one of those things, um, if not all three. And it doesn't mean that you have to be all three in order to have that hymn classification. But, you know, sometimes time being our most precious commodity, sometimes giving of your time is even more than giving of your money. Um, And we all have the ability to either give of our time, provide our talents in a way that we're not wasting them on just things that are designed to help benefit us, but use those talents to help benefit others. And then obviously the treasure piece where, you know, we can make those financial contributions. But I think you have to be hitting on at least one of those in order to have that classification of that true hymn. 
I think, I think that's right. And, and for me too, you know, you make a good point and that is that, that really it's generosity in whatever, in whatever form that that takes. Right. And, um, for me though, I, I kind of look at it the way Bada does, I think in the sense that I look and go, yeah, I could easily give myself the excuse and say, well, no, I mean, I give so much time, you know, it wouldn't even make sense for me to give any money. Good heavens. Look, if you, if you figured out my hourly rate, you know, versus the time that I spent, you know, F3, <laughs> F3 ain't got that kind of money. <laughs> There's no way that you couldn't even come close uh, to, to paying me enough to make it quote unquote worth my while, you know? And, and, you know, when we're talking about this stuff too, it's not like every gift to the foundation raises, uh, you know, all the SLTs non-salary, you know, like <laughs> no, no one's living on this stuff, right? I mean, there's no way to make a living doing F3 uh, outside of scratch, you know, he, there's only one employee. And even though we're kind of maybe looking at a second one, like, you know, it, it's, it's pretty limited uh, as to what you're going to be able to do financially to, to, you know, support yourself given the nation. I mean, there's just no way, right. Um, that I could do that. And so it really has less to do with that. I, you know, that I want to give a certain amount for this, a certain amount for that, but I would be easily, it would be easy to justify to myself that I give enough as it is. Um, but I find myself, uh, at least for me, every time I find myself justifying, uh, you know, something like that and saying, oh, well, you know, I don't need to because of this, or I don't need to because of that. Then I realize, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm actually becoming a little more selfish. And, um, and I know that guys will hear this and go, I'm not giving anything to the foundation and screw that. You know, this is supposed to be free. And why are you guys harassing me? Man, nobody's harassing you. I don't care what you do. You're a grown man. Uh, Do whatever you want. Right. I just know for myself that for me to become what I believe I was supposed to become, um, this has been an, an essential part is to figure out how do I give it away even more at the end of my life. And we can, uh, I'm sure that beans, you and I could have some sort of argument about generational wealth transfer. Um, <clears throat> cause you know, I'm not necessarily a big believer, uh, in something like that, but, um, but, uh, you know, what I'm doing isn't necessarily to, uh, to build a big you know, nest egg that I can hand on to somebody else. But what I'm trying to do is wear myself out so that when, you know, it comes down to the end of my life that, that I know that I, I gave everything that was reasonable to the things that I believe in and the things that I love, uh, my family, my church, uh, and, and F3. Go ahead, Gob. You know, you bring up a good point. You know, some people are going to say, Hey, you know, F3 is free. I can't come here. So you don't bother me about money. And that's, you know, that's valid. Well, and what I would say to you is, um, this isn't a conversation or it isn't a pitch about giving to the foundation. It's a pitch about living third. It's a pitch about generosity. You don't want to give to the foundation? I don't care. But you do need to give of something to something, you know, to what uh, Gambino was saying. Like, I, I do not believe that you can be a high impact man and not be generous of what of your surplus in some way, shape, or form. Um, it's just, you just can't do it. Because what are you uh, impacting then? Well, if you're high impact, there's an idea that you are impacting something. And if you're not, and it's not through generosity, then I'm assuming it's through your work. And that's not really what we get at when we talk about high impact. I'm not saying you can't be a high impact man at work and you can't have a great effect at work, but you're getting compensated for that. Uh, and we typically, you know, when we talk about this, we're talking about it outside of work. Definitely have an effect at work. Be a good employee. Do all those things. But understand that be generous somewhere. You don't want to do it to the foundation? Fine. Do it in your church. Do it in a local food bank. Do it somewhere. And see what that has in your life. But um, like I said, don't get wrapped around, you know, where. Just do it somewhere. Yeah. No, I, I like that. And uh, before Gobbler's uh, audio got possessed by the devil there, um, <clears throat> what uh, what he was saying, though, is, as hopefully you heard it, was, you know, he's saying, Look, if the, if the foundation is not really your thing, fine. We, that's fine. Don't even worry about it. But find a place to give back because giving of yourself and, and submitting to something larger than you is part of what this is about. And, and that really is uh, part of part of keeping that that impact in, in focus. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I think going back to I think beans, you hit on it, you know, giving of your time, treasure or talents. There are all ways that we can give. Uh, but I think what we're saying here is that the man who has a tightly gripped fist holding on to everything for himself is not the high impact man. It's the man who has the open hand 
that is giving of their time, treasure, or talent. Um, something simple that I teach my 2.0s is to, when we give them allowance or they get money from somewhere, is to have a, and maybe beans, this is something you teach your clients to, you know, adults, but have a, a save, uh, a, you know, a give, save and spend jar, right. That they can put it in. Right. And, and they can decide, I'm not telling them they have to do 10% here or whatever percent there they can decide, but they need to be having money in all three of those buckets. And even as an adult for me, you know, I struggle and I have this mindset of sometimes like I want to have that closed hand and stack it up right for myself. And I know that about myself and you, and, and you should think about that. Am I that kind of, do I have that bent about myself where I just want to stack things up? And if you do create ways to force yourself into giving into, um, you know, putting $5 in your car to give to the guy on the side of the road. I don't know. That's why I do it because I know I'm, you know, a cheapskate frugal, yeah. you know, dude sometimes. And I like um, how you say got... cheapskate, then frugal, like, mm, I, I think you said it. And then you try to justify it by saying it's frugal, but <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Well, you know, like also, you know, being Italian, I, I hide money everywhere. The mattress, hey, you know, right. in coat pockets, you know, all over the place. Brown There's bags. always money in the banana stand. Exactly. So, but you know, if you know you're that way, you just have to build these uh, mechanisms into your life right, to stay right? consistent with it. Yeah. No, no doubt. No doubt. I think it uh, also, you know, if you're really wanting to take it to that next level, um, each one of those in the time, town, treasure area, it has to be a little bit uncomfortable whenever you venture into that world, because if it's just so easy for you to give of your time because you have a plethora of it and you give 10 minutes, but you have hours upon hours of the day, or you have lots of extra money and you just give a little bit. I think it has to be a little bit uncomfortable too, in order for it to truly have that impact. Obviously right out of the gate, if you're just starting out in those different areas, anything's better than nothing. But at some point, as you continue to evolve, making it just a wee bit uncomfortable keeps pushing that edge on that true definition of that hymn. Yeah. Like, are we getting soft? but on our giving, you know, are we uh, getting out of our comfort zone in our giving? That's a tough question to ask yourself. And I think that is great that you asked it because you are the professional. Uh, you didn't give the disclaimer at the beginning because you are a professional. He is a professional. That's right. <laughs> he is. Um, you know, the, the way that it was told to me once was, you know, and, and maybe this is a way to think about it, right. Is, is, is in terms of sacrifice right? There's giving, I can give you a lot of things, right? But is it a sacrifice? And maybe it's not just giving, giving's helpful and that's wonderful. And, and, and maybe that obviously starts to uh, create a, a character of, of generosity and love and thinking of others or whatever. But I think those things for which we are willing to make a sacrifice and the way that it was defined to me was, you know, it's not a sacrifice unless it hurts just a little, at least a little. You know, and it's got to be a little painful, you know, to, to your point, uh, bada bing, when we would do this, um, uh, you know, this monthly fast offering is what we call it. Right. So, you know, we do this. And, and originally when I was a kid, you know, I could say a kid, you know, college or, or, uh, early marriage even, or whatever it might be, you know, it was like, okay, you know, five bucks, that's a, that's a pretty reasonable meal, you know, or whatever. Right. And I would think of it in those terms and I would give, you know, two meals and that was it. Right. But then I started thinking more and more and I was like, $10 you know, even $15, that doesn't hurt very much. That's not much of a sacrifice. Is it helpful? Sure. Sure. But is it, is it sacrifice? Is it, and again, whether you sacrifice it, like, like Gobbler was saying, whether you sacrifice it to, you know, to your church or whether it's to F3 or to whatever it is, but, but to have that idea that there must be something you believe in that you are willing to sacrifice for. And, and, and your family, of course, is, is part of that naturally. Uh, but things even outside of that, I think are, are super important to, to sacrifice for. Yeah. And Bada, when you were talking about how, you know, you know, putting money away and that, that, that's not a really selfish act because you're doing that for your family. Just like you were saying, Doe, a lot of times our, our, our lack of selfishness begins with our family and wanting to do things for our family, which is not, a selfish act that's very selfless. Um, but then the evolution of that, taking it outside the family and again, expanding that comfort zone on where that sacrifice exists, that were, is where that evolution continues to take place. Yeah. And there's a, 
a quote or verse that I like to to remind myself of with others too. And it says, let us consider how we spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And uh, I think that's kind of what we're doing here is making a challenge like, hey, whatever it is, uh, whether it's loving another man or your family or your wife uh, or doing good deeds, whether that be with your time, treasure, talent, get out there and make an impact, you know, give of yourself uh, and uh, live third you know, as we say, so that's a challenge. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, it's, uh, again, so you, you, we've got these, these breaths in our lives that we're trying to figure out how we can, you know, sacrifice to impact. We're trying to, you know, we've got other men. We look at the the things that were done just even recently with, uh, a guy named Poppins who, who's happens to be a friend of mine, um, who managed to wrangle up dozens and dozens of pairs of shoes to send to, uh, Kenya, you know, cause those guys are running around barefoot or shoes that don't fit or, you know, they're just in bad shape or whatever it might be. Right. And, you know, uh, us finding ways to, to try and, and give of ourselves and think of things that are bigger than us. And, and it's tough. It is, it's, it's hard to know how much to give and it's hard to know where to give sometimes. And, and it's hard to trust. Uh, I think sometimes to, because our institutions uh, on the whole in large part have failed us. You know, and so it's hard to look even at the foundation, even though you want to believe that maybe we're virtuous and maybe we're, you know, uh, whatever. But you know, there's no way to to really say for sure. You know, outside of trusting the men that you hear talking on this podcast uh, week after week, or outside of trusting even the men that you don't see on this podcast, you know, like Scratch and Win, Slaughter, you know, Snap Fade, and these guys, you know, uh, on the board and stuff like that, right? You're, you're putting your trust in something uh, that you don't know necessarily 100%, right? Um, and so I think it, it is difficult and it's difficult to know how to, how to try and, and persuade other men to, to want to give, uh, and that kind of thing. But I can tell you this, um, it ain't easy because if it was easy, boys, uh, we wouldn't need leaders. Hi. 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 Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time. Thank you.